Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, happy 2023 and welcome to another episode of the Neil World Order podcast. I took last week off, um, just kind of relax, enjoy the new year at home, uh, watch some football. Uh, gotta say that uh, Michigan game came off as rigged, if you ask me. I think that one was, uh, that was one of the most terribly officiated football games I've watched in a long time. But um, anyways... Thankfully, Ohio State lost as well um, in the other semifinal, which what sets up Georgia versus TCU this coming Monday for the national title. Um, personally, I still think Tennessee should have been in the playoff. I mean, we rolled Clemson with uh, our backup quarterback without two of our top receivers. Um, our two top receivers, who are actually probably going to be both drafted on the first day in the NFL draft. Um, but I guess... You know, on to next season for Tennessee. The program's in good hands with Josh Heupel and a lot to look forward to. But, um, yeah, so Georgia TCU Monday, I think Georgia destroys them. But, I don't know. I don't have a horse in the race, so I don't care. Just got done watching the uh, Tennessee Titans lay an epic turd and lose to uh, Jacksonville. Uh, Cool story for Jacksonville and Doug Peterson. Uh, going from like last place in the division, maybe one of the worst teams in the league the last handful of years to making the playoffs. But I mean, they're like, they're just over 500, so they're not like, you know, but whatever. They're, out, they're playing well. They'll get a home game for winning their division. But um, speaking of fighting your ways into the playoff, uh, the Packers tomorrow night, everything on the line against Detroit. Uh, which is crazy to think if we win, we're in considering the uh, roller coaster ride that this season has been. And I mean, it's, it, regardless of it, it's been a disappointment. I think the team has underperformed. I think there were a lot of holes in the roster that maybe the management and the coaching staff didn't think were there. And it just made for it, a very unenjoyable year of watching football here. Um, it was kind of crazy to think that team that destroyed the Vikings this past Sunday was us. You know, I was like, wow, look at the defense coming alive. I mean, maybe Kirk Cousins just sucks. I've always thought he was overrated, but um, that's just me. You know, I, I think he's never won a game in prime time. So, like, he's always lost on, like, Sunday night football, Monday night football, any night game, playoff game, whatever. But, um, you know, our offense still didn't look that great on Sunday. I mean, we guess we didn't really need them to. We just ran the ball a lot. And it's kind of really been – that's kind of been consistent all season that the offense just has been, eh. you know, whether it's been plagued by miscommunication, offensive line injuries, uh, you know, just injuries everywhere it seems like. I mean, not terrible, but just seems like somebody's – always hurt on the offensive line. Bakhtiari went from his knee to a appendectomy. I believe he's good and going to play the rest of the year. But, okay, so if we if Seattle wins tomorrow, Detroit has nothing to play for except to keep us out of the playoffs. The Lions have been playing very well. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat us. But at the end of the day, they are still the Lions. But... If we making the playoffs for us just means we either have a date with Minnesota or even worse, San Francisco, and the 49ers have a history of ending our season for as long as I can remember. 
Like, I literally hate San Francisco just for the epic turds we have laid every time we played them. I don't think Colin Kaepernick would have ever been a thing had he not played the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs. I think we're like the only team he ever put up good numbers against, so people just thought he was like this great thing. But, uh, you know, the team seems to be playing, the defense, anyways, is playing better at the right time. Um, So I guess, you know, we'll see what unfolds tomorrow night. Um, I'm not going to hold my breath, you know. And after that, I mean, you know, it goes back to what's going to happen in the offseason. And, you know, I've seen all kinds of rumors from Aaron Rodgers ending up retiring, staying maybe in Las Vegas, maybe in Tennessee. Tennessee would be cool. Um, I thought last year that would have been a cool place for him to go and play this season, but what do I know? While we're on the subject of football, I'm sorry, unless you pretty much live in a cave, you know the incident that happened on, uh, I believe it was Monday Night Football, during the, it was the, obviously it was the Bills-Bengals game, uh, when Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, collapsed on the field after tackling uh, Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins. Ham- Hamlin stood up after the tackle, which it wasn't a brutal collision or anything. It literally just looked like a tackle. Um, and he kind of wavered, collapsed, and apparently suffered cardiac arrest right there on the field. Crazy shit, right? Um, medical teams performed CPR there on the field. Hamlin was then rushed to... Uh, nearby hospital in Cincinnati uh, where at the time I was writing this he was still in critical condition he'd been sedated for a couple days with a breathing tube but I believe last reports are he is speaking he is alert he's awake Um, you know and he's improving and that's awesome that's great Uh, first thing I want to say is like everyone you know I'm praying for this kid uh, and his health and I hope that he's okay but I'm not gonna lie. When I first heard that it was a cardiac event there on the field, all I could think about was his vaccination status. Um, I know that may rub some people the wrong way, but he wouldn't be the first athlete to have cardiac arrest and essentially die since vax mandates were made for many of uh, the professional sports leagues all across the globe, not just in this country. Um, I think the unfortunate part of this, these scenarios is we'll honestly never get the truth or any real answers. Um, you know, so when I was thinking about this and I was like, wow, you know, I, people are like, oh, I can't believe, you know, all that. And it pretty much dominates your news feed on Facebook because now all of a sudden everybody's a Buffalo Bills fan. Um, there was an article published uh, right around Thanksgiving, uh, November 27th. The science data collection and journal website, goodsciencing.com, they posted an article detailing the uh, 1,616 athletic cardiac arrests and 1,114 deaths since the COVID vaccine had been administered. The article chronicles the dates, places, ages, names of athletes, uh, all around the world, as well as like their sports, their conditions, um, for those who survived, um, the initial causes of death or, you know, the prognosis for those who survived going forward. The list is telling. Um, and obviously it's full of myocarditis 
and other heart ailments that genuinely do not affect the athletic community. You know, and it reminded me that <clears throat> way back episodes ago, I don't know, we were ass deep in the pandemic. Um, I did an episode where I read from the studies that were attached to the patents on the mRNA vaccine science, and all of these things were a concern. The myocarditis, the cardiac arrest, the uh, issues with people who were young, fine, and healthy, um, you know, and, and that was almost two years ago. And all the information I found and researched, read, uh, talked about on the podcast, you know, and it was one of those long, nerdy, boring pod. Maybe they all are. I don't know. Uh, it it was free. You know, I was like, okay, I'm going to give this to everyone. Here's the sites. Go read it. See this information for yourself. It's out there. And, you know... I still have to wonder why people were not warned about these things. And when people spoke up about the possibility of these things, why they were, you know, called, you know, conspiracy theorists, um, you know, they were leading misinformation. Um, you know, you know, we don't even talk about the fact that this vaccine alone has killed more people than, all of their v- vaccines in history combined. And those are just like the side effect deaths. That's not including like these cardiac events and other things, you know, that they don't want to link to the vaccine as causing deaths in people. Because um, at the end of the day, this was a COVID was something that affected people over 65 and unhealthy people. End of the day. There's no evidence to dispute anything other. Were there incidents maybe where a person here or there that maybe didn't have underlying conditions, maybe wasn't elderly? Oh, yeah, of course there was. But on the majority, it was nothing to worry about for most of the general population. It was never anything to worry about with children. You know, and you still hear people talking about getting their kids vax boosted. Or whatever, you know, you actually didn't tonight, which was weird during the football game, but you usually see some of those nonsense commercials um, urging people to get vaccinated or boosted. And, you know, and I don't know if that propaganda machine will ever end. Maybe there's too much money in it, although I did see COVID tests on clearance a while back. So maybe, you know, and I still hear people like, why are you even testing for it at this point? Like I had a cold a couple weeks ago. I felt like it ran for a while. I felt like I was hacking up stuff. I felt fine. I wasn't about to go get tested. It, it is what it is. You're, you, sometimes you're going to get sick. I've been working in the basement a lot, you know, redoing the Southern Comfort Zone, which actually I'm sitting at the bar uh, recording down here for like the first time in months, I would probably say. I can't tell you the last time I was down here. Uh, was doing some electrical today. We actually found a cool like movie theater loungers uh facebook my, my wife's really good at finding stuff on facebook marketplace i suck at it i think it's i don't know I, I was telling her on our way back i was like i don't ever find shit i don't get anything you know and she's had sent me a ton of cool furniture uh ideas for down here and this was this guy was one of the first people that responded it wasn't it wasn't too far it was a good deal so we went and got them i'm happy with them i like them um, 
I got some more electrical stuff I'm working on and then uh, making a light for over the bar but all in all like aside from the floor and some cleanup everything's pretty much done the floor we're not going to deal with till I think I've talked about it we're not going to deal with it till spring or summer just because we're going to paint and do the floors that way and it just the smell of that you know I want to be able to open the house and I think it's a warm 21 degrees outside right now which the sun was out today here and I'll take it. I think it's the first time I, I thought I saw in the news, which was only playing because it came out after the game, had said this was the first time they had seen the sun in Milwaukee in 2023, which is crazy to think. You know, I don't know, what's the date? The 7th? 7th. Wow. It's a week without the sun. And that that's what makes winter so dreary. Everything's gray and dead, and it's just, I don't know, it looks like Pennsylvania. But... um Anyways, so since I've probably already rubbed everyone a wrong way with talking about the vaccine and how, you know, maybe that had something to do with DeMar Hamlin's collapse, um, you know, and maybe I'm one of those people that overthinks things or I look for something to be annoyed about, which I really don't. I just kind of see, sorry, there's dust on the computer. I see like the irony at times and just the hypocrisy and things. And I feel like sometimes it's so obvious that I think I get bothered when other people don't see it. Or maybe other people see it and they don't care because they just love the virtue signal or whatever. So, you know, after the incident and all the players and, you know, they suspended the game and now they're not going to play it, which is dumb to me, um, but whatever. Um, we heard over and over again about how stand-up it was of the coaches and the players to not continue the game after he collapsed. Um, you know, and every talking head on uh, sports channels, they were talking at nauseum. You know, how these guys showed what was really important and sold this brotherhood thing and this being bigger than football, yada, yada. yada. You know, and all the meatheads on Facebook who played high school football and want not to, you know, want to attach their name to it and chase a hug. Um, you know, and I guess I look at it like this. First off, as hard on the body and mind as football may be, technically these guys, they're just playing a game. Um, you know, what about the first responders? You know, the, the actual heroes that night, the medical personnel who actually did save Hamlin's life, every person involved with that process from the field to the hospital. Think about this. Hamlin's life probably wasn't the only one they saved that day. Or this incident wasn't the first and only tough situation they were put in that day. And you're talking about people who are probably making between, I don't know, 18 to $30 an hour, not millionaires who just play a game. Every one of them did their job. And then you know what? They went on to their next job. The next life or death matter, whether it's a shooting, a car accident, a drug overdose, uh, some other medical emergency, whatever. They didn't get to call it a day. You know, hug it out, pray, take the week off, do interviews, um, wear jerseys, you know, make signs. They were expected to keep going and doing what they do and no one was really worried about how they felt you know and I, I know I know they choose the job blah blah okay but so do those 
football players, and football comes with risks. I mean, everyone knows that from CTE to, you know, broken bones and career-ending injuries and dudes having arthritis and, you know, walking like the Iron Sheik. Um, you know, have you, have you ever, I don't know how many of you have ever, and I'm sure a lot of you probably have, talked to a first responder who's, who's been through some real shit. Um, you know, whether it's a child suicide or a terrible car accident that kills a family, uh, maybe some murder, you know, that was just heinous or violent animal incident or just, just something tragic. Uh, you know, like any of the kind of messed up shit that happens on the hour, unfortunately, in this world of ours. You know, and I've been fortunate. I don't know if it's fortunate, but I, I guess I know people you know, who have experienced these things in that line of work. And it's, you know, these things stick with them. It's not something, you know, I believe when we did the, uh, and I don't know if this was on on the actual recording uh, when we did the uh, interview with Craig Konopsky. And they, you know, we were all, I think it was after I stopped recording. They were talking about that one, that one call. You know, that each officer, first responder has, like, something that, like, they don't forget. They don't forget the date. They don't forget the names. They don't forget what they saw, what they heard, right on down the line. You know, and hearing them talk about it and the things that are available to them, and it's sad, the lack of resources that are are available, you know, and I think... To them, and I think it's even sadder that their mental health isn't really on their employer's priority list. You know, those people are on the front line when things go south and shit gets messy. You know, they're the ones running in when everybody's running out. From firefighters, cops, doctors, nurses, EMTs, whatever. You know, and a lot of us don't experience half the shit these people see in a week in our whole fucking lifetime. And we still struggle mentally, you know, with our own bullshit that maybe in this global scale of things is, you know, peanuts compared to what other people are processing. And I know the worst you know is the worst you know, but I still think perspective is important. Um, You know, and so I guess I think about what those people are struggling with. And I'm not trying to make light of the emotions of the players, coaches, and whatnot. Uh, they feel how they feel, you know. Um, I'm saying that this should be a lesson for us on perspective. You know, let let it be a learning experience for everyone. Um, that maybe something that just reaches our conscious or whatever, you know. And, and I guess I, I think about, and I was having a conversation with someone when they were talking. And I was like, you know, when you think about this, people say defund the police, you know. <laughs> You know, if that was done or places that was done, it doesn't mean they're going to have less officers, less guns, less cool tactical stuff or cars or ammo or anything like that. Like, they're going to cut resources. Resources that don't al- that already don't meet the needs of what these people need. So, you know, next time you utter some stupid shit like that... now. If you utter that, you're probably a Democrat and you're prone to saying stupid shit because that's just how you're wired, whatever. But 
that's just some food for thought. Maybe take an opportunity and try to think about that. Maybe learn something. Maybe don't. Um, so now we're like officially seven days into 2023. Has everyone made their New Year's resolutions? I'm kidding. Um, and I never understood this. And I don't really get into all that, but to each his own. I mean, obviously, you know, I want to take better care of myself, um, enjoy life, and make time for things instead of putting them off. I feel like I'm really good about putting things off. Um, and I think maybe I'd like to think I've really done a, a better job of not doing that the past few years. And um, I, know I like to say being more present, um, absorbing my life more, not overthinking it. <clears throat> you know, because... Whether we choose to admit it or believe it, the fact is our lives are, they're ultimately what we make them. I mean, yes, things will happen that are out of our control. You know, a lot of things are eventual. You know, bad things are going to happen. You're going to lose people. I think I've talked about this. But, you know, it's how we respond or bounce back or let it affect us. Like, all that is in the scope of our control. And I find it weird that I was just talking with my hands while I'm sitting here by myself, but I digress. Um, I, I feel like, you know, and I was saying this, like, we, we, we have this tendency to overthink things, you know. And I think I see it a lot in younger people, you know. And I, I think some of that's the hand they've just been dealt. Uh, that we... We really do. We just overthink things. I mean, you see it everywhere, you know, and maybe that's the root of all the anxiety in the world is we spend too much time in our heads, you know, whether it's thinking about the past, stressing about the future, you know, you, you really just got to let it go and kind of be in the present, you know, because you can't change the past. You can't predict the future, the future, <laughs> the future. So, I mean, essentially it, it's wasted energy. There's a difference between planning, you know, and making plans or life plan or this and that, or just, you know, people that are just overthinking the future. You know, if you go on social media, it's overrun with people that are like, oh, I'm 30 and I don't have kids and blah, blah. Like, so what? You know, or I have this or I'm divorced and blah. Like, so what? Like, just be where you are. Like, there's not a, there's not a plan, I guess, in life. You know, it just, you just live. And I think if you're overthinking it and try, you know, and and it's, it's, it's weird now. Cause I think I spent a huge chunk of my life, um, doing that and realized, wow, how much time did I waste? How much, you know, how much junk in my closet would, in my mental closet was just useless shit that nobody needed. You know, it's kind of like cleaning your basement, but you know, and I think, <clears throat> and this is something I've really made a concerted effort to do, we, we should love or even like ourselves more, you know. And, and if you're already there, man, cheers, you're, you're, you're doing it right. But if it's, but really, you know, I think we have to understand it's a given that no one is perfect. We all have things um, we could do better, be better at. But I, I, I think we're all trying you know, and the important thing is to remember, we're all good enough. Um, you know, I had a meltdown today trying to hang a fixture down here and 
you know, the first thing I do is, oh, I'm an idiot. I'm stupid. And part of it was I had forgot to cut the drywall to put a box in the wall and, you know, couldn't understand why my things weren't lining up. And it was clearly I'd got ahead of myself, was thinking too fast and skipped a step in the process. You know, and I think one of the things I've really worked on this year is to understand that your value isn't determined by the validation of others, the money in your bank, bank account. You know, it's really what you see when you look in the mirror. And I don't mean like, you know, what. obviously I see a gorgeous man when I look in the mirror. But, um, you know, it's not like, hey, damn, this shirt looks good or my hair is on point. I mean, it's the... The person that you are, or maybe the person you're striving to be, um, you know, we're all a work in progress. You know, you ultimately determine your value. And I think it's important to remember that. And I think a lot of people lose sight of that. And that's why we get so much hug chasing in the world, where people are depending on the validation of others to determine their self-worth, worth to make, I don't know why I slur so bad. I've literally barely touched my alcohol tonight. Um... And all that's probably because I'm tired and I'm not wearing my glasses. But, um, <clears throat> you know, and you just, you know, you, people who devalue you or, uh, you know, they're just honestly showing you how little they value themselves. That's where that comes from. You know, misery loves company. Like, I whenever you heard that the first time, no one probably ever gave you any truer advice. So, you know, remember that. You know, it's January. The gyms are probably full. Everyone's buying fitness equipment and doing the whole... There's nothing worse than the whole New Year, new me bullshit. Like, I'm the same me I was a week ago. I mean... I'm in a better mood today than I was a week ago, I guess. I don't know. I was asleep before midnight. Uh, Kai said she gave the dog a New Year's kiss, so I guess that's who she's spending the year with. <laughs> no. Anyways, um, <clears throat> so throughout the course of doing this, you know, when we talk about music or whatever, I've always expressed my complete adoration for the talents of Andrew McMahon and his music. Um, this week, uh, the episode was Forget December, which was from Andrew's days in the punk slash emo band Something Corporate, uh, <clears throat> formed in 1998, Something Corporate, uh, or SoCo, as they're often referred to. They only sold like a million albums. Um, they were mostly a band with like an under-the-radar following. Um, you know, even I think about Andrew McMahon now, like you don't hear much on the radio and this and that, but his concerts sell out every time I go. You know, it's hard to get tickets. It's a pricey ticket. He has to add a show. Um, you know, so he has a devoted following and, and, you know, always has, but, uh, something corporate, they had three studio released albums, ready break, leaving through the window and North. They kind of went on hiatus in 2004, which was kind of like a mixture of exhaustion, being tired of each other. And then what would end up being a battle, uh, with leukemia for Andrew McMahon. Uh, who, through his recovery process, created Jack's Mannequin, which uh, had a lot of success, you know, and then initially that rolled into Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness. And I believe something corporate has only played together a handful of times. Um, 
since then, uh, the last time being uh, Andrew McMahon's 40th birthday bash at the House of Blues in uh, Anaheim. I don't know why I was going to say Atlanta. But, you know, the brilliance in Andrew McMahon was always there in the music of something corporate from uh, If You See Jordan, Woke Up in a Car, Forget December, Hurricane, Punk Rock Princess, As You Sleep, She Paints Me Blue, and my favorite, arguably one of the I think one of the best written songs of all time, Constantine. Um, the story told in Constantine, it, it's timeless, you know, and though the song is close to nine minutes long, I, I love long songs, you know, because if you're that good, you can write a long song like that. Um, it, it, it's just a complex showcase of McMahon's complicated but real lyrics, as well as the raw talent he has behind a piano, which I think will always be my favorite instrument. You know, one I wish I could play. Uh, I watch YouTube videos. We have a cool little, like, electric piano down here that once we get everything done, my wife had asked me to kind of have setups because she wanted to get back into playing. Um, but honestly, I, I think the arrangement in Constantine is so good that if you took away the lyrics and it was just the music, it would still be one of my all-time favorite songs. Um it's, I'll never tire of that song, and I think that keeps it an elite company, you know. And, and I've told you, you know, to explore Andrew McMahon's catalog many times on here, and, you know. And I hope you have. I hope some of you have loved it, and you know, enjoys music as much as I do. Um, he'll always—he's my number two right there behind Bob Seger as far as my favorite artists. And I have this sentimental uh, connection to his music, being that it's something that my wife shared with me in our early years of dating. And so it's kind of like something we've always bonded over. So yeah, definitely check out some, some something corporate or anything else from Andrew McMahon. I think everybody has Spotify or Apple Music or however you listen to your music. I mean, I, I don't know, like as the real MVP hooked me up with the, uh, satellite radio again, so I have the app on my phone I can listen to in my car which is totally cool. Just so you know, if your satellite radio expires a few months after you get a new car, play the waiting game with these people. If you play the long game, they'll initially, they'll eventually give it to you for, like, nothing. And maybe you don't enjoy it enough. I don't spend a lot of time in the car, you know, except for when I'm doing door dashing or whatever. But, like, the satellite radio is awesome. I like it for some of the talk wrestling stuff, uh, the highway as far as country, yacht rock, uh, Hair Nation. There's, there's a lot of good stuff on there. But uh, that's all I got for tonight. Uh, I hope the New Year is treating everyone so far so good. And we're only seven days in. Um, hopefully this mild winter continues, at least where I am. Um, you know, and I hope the dragging out of it not being bad doesn't delay spring and spring gets here quickly you know before we know it but um hope everyone has a great weekend uh go pack go tomorrow and uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week